Recorded live. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here with another installment of the Voice of Christian Israel. My guest today is going to be William Fink, and we're going to be discussing the Hebrews and Canaanites and those people known to the historical legions as the Phoenicians. Okay, so um, uh, unfortunately, uh, the stream is not working. And uh, hopefully that will start working. I know that this, the show is going to be recorded. So uh, people who uh, are in the chat room apparently cannot hear us, and uh, th this stream is not working. So we're just going to go ahead and record the show and make it available for, you know, posterity. I'm going to type a quick message to um, the people in the chat room that if they want to call in, they can join the call. And, and do that, okay? So, uh, Bill, while I'm doing that, uh, do you want to give a quick introduction to the work? First of all, announce your website, your email address, and uh, you know the work you've done on the, the subject of the Phoenicians. Yes, I, when I came into identity, the Phoenician question nagged me for, for a good year mm -hmm. until I, I read the Septuagint and and Josephus. And more or less, it, it was a riddle that needed to be solved, and, and I believe that I have done that. Okay. In order to understand who the Phoenicians are, one needs a, a thorough understanding of chronology, and of Old Testament chronology, and an understanding of when the Greek writers wrote and, and when they, they started naming and describing these people, and, and down through the centuries how subsequent Greek writers named and, and mentioned the Phoenicians. Okay, yes. And most Greek writing is actually, I mean, Homer is the beginning of all Greek writing, according to all the Greeks, and he lived about and wrote, and this can be told from other Greek writers, such as Archilochus, the, the, the elegiac poet, and others, that Homer wrote about 600 B.C. Mm -hmm. and, and some scholars date Homer back as far as 750 B.C., but that, that goes contrary to all Greek testimony. Mm -hmm. the, um, if Homer wrote in 600 B.C. and he's the first Greek writing, well, the deportations of the Israelites already long happened. And 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 we have not even the... The Babylonians are about to um, conquer Jerusalem yes. when, when Homer begins writing. Mm-hmm.
if you read Euripides and um, the, the the poems and the plays about the daughters of Danos and the sons of Danos the, and the sons of Egyptus or Ahegyptus, the Danans made parodies of themselves in the sixth, fifth, and sixth centuries BC, and and made up a story about how the daughters of Danos fled Egypt and and settled in the Peloponnesus and in Greece. And this was said to happen long before the Trojan War. Okay. The Trojan, the, the Greeks that fought in the Trojan War are, are Danan Greeks. Yes. The Dorian Greeks don't come into the picture until a couple of generations after the Trojan War. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, by all Greek chronologies, the Trojan War is, is probably about 1180 to 1200 B.C. Okay. In that period. And this is just about the middle of the judges' period right. in, in Israelite history. Now, Zara Judah is the founding tribe of Troy. And, hello? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought we were cut off. But no, Zara uh, Judah uh, is the founding tribe of Troy, and, and that could be demonstrated separately. And and the purpose of this discussion is is... This is much broader than the purpose of this discussion, but a little background has to be given. Right. Okay. Hold on one second. Um, um, is there a way that Pure Lily can join us in her Pal Talk session, so that her Pal Talk people can hear us, or can you somehow log into that? Although we might get we might get slammed <laughs> if we do that. Well, uh, I'm, I'm going to cause a software con conflict. If oh. Okay. Run. All right. And I see Greg Howard is calling in, so uh, his, uh, there we go. Greg, you with us? Yes. Okay, thanks for calling in. Uh, again, we've been having uh, problems with this, uh, so I'm just going to encourage everybody to call in and join us this way, okay? So, Sounds uh, good, brother. Okay, thank you. All right, uh, Bill, um, go ahead and uh, continue And uh, from where I uh, – sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Yes, by the time of the Exodus, and the Greeks testify this this, it's testified to by, by Menander of Ephesus, by Diodorus Siculus. By the time of the Exodus, the Zara Judah branch, the Zara branch of the tribe of Judah had already founded Troy. Mm -hmm. And the Danan Greeks had already been in the Peloponnesus. They had already founded cities in the Peloponnesus. Yes. Now, yeah. the Colicians and the Carians, everybody says, all the ancient historians say to be, from the islands, and they're related to the Phoenicians. The Greeks of Thebes in, in Greece, is they, they are Phoenicians. They're yes. described as Phoenicians all throughout Greek history, and they're, they're described as being fair-skinned and blonde-headed. Right. Okay, right. And, and this is um, Aeschylus' play, Seven Against Thebes, and, and Euripides' play, Phoenician women mm -hmm. both tell the stories of, of early battles between Thebes and, and the Argive Greeks. Right, right. And and the, these people are fully described, and the Greeks believe them to be blonde, fair people. Right, and uh, and uh, also Caesar, when Israelite slaves were brought in among you know among the Romans, he said, "Who are these beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed people? They should be right. called and, angels." And Phoenician Dido is described as beautiful and blonde. The Queen of Carthage by Virgil, and and she's spoken of in an, anachronistically by Virgil, but he, that gives the ideal Virgil's ideal of what a Phoenician looks like. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from that, we're, we're getting into a period much later in history. Okay. 
the Carians and the Colicians, who were said to be Phoenicians, they, they the Carians became the Malaysians, and and Miletus was named, you know, that that was their name after their primary city. And Thales was the first great Greek philosopher. Okay. And he was called by Herodotus a Phoenician by race. Okay. Now, Minos, the, the Minoan culture, yeah, this Crete. King Minos yeah. mm -hmm. has a, a Phoenician connection. He's connected to the Phoenicians and to Phoenix, and his sister was Europa, and Phoenix is the father of Europa. And all of this is, is while it's not necessarily historical, it shows that the earliest Greek, Minos is considered a Greek by Josephus. The Greeks claimed him as their own, mm -hmm. and he's a Phoenician. Okay. And Europa, the daughter of Phoenix, fled fled to Greece to, to escape Zeus. She she was a Phoenician. Mm -hmm. Heracles is a Phoenician. The Heracles, one of the first tales about Heracles is how he saves Andromeda from the sea, from the sea monster. And this is said by Josephus and by Strabo okay. to have occurred at Joppa in Palestine. All right. Okay. And, and the point of all this is to show that a lot of the earliest Greek legends are connected to the Near East, are connected right. to Palestine. Exactly, the, exactly. A lot of historians claim that the Dorian Greeks came from the north, mm -hmm. and, and that's a huge lie. Okay. The Dorian Greeks, by all the Greek accounts, conquered the Peloponnesus by sea. Now, some Greek historians do surmise that they came from the north, but Homer describes the entire Greek world as he believed it existed at the time of the Trojan War. Mm -hmm. No Greek writer doubts Homer's knowledge of history and geography yes. and ethnology. And Homer only mentions the Greeks, um, I'm sorry, the Dorian Greeks as being on Crete at the time of the Trojan Wars. Right. Okay. So All right. They're, they're not in the north, for sure. They're on Crete. Now, Heracles, the, the story is that the children of Heracles, called the Heraclidahi, mm -hmm. they leave, they're, they're rejected from the Peloponnesus by the Danans. They they leave by sea, and they come back, and they bring the Dorians. Okay. Now, archaeology tells us that there's all sorts of so-called Greek architecture at Dor in Palestine, mm -hmm. up until, which is from a time before the Assyrian destruction of Israel. Okay. Now, before 745 B.C., yeah. I would assert that the Dorians came from Dor in Palestine. Okay. <laughs> and, and Crete was a stop-off point for that, them. That makes no sense, whatever, Bill. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah. that goes hand-in-hand hand with the Greek records and the accounts of the Peloponnesian conquest. Yes, yes. Where, where the... The assertion that the Dorians came from the north yes that that gives no that has no credibility in in ancient history yeah uh, now, by the, the Dorians way, themselves, yeah. the king of Sparta wrote a letter back to back in the second century b c back to the high priest at Jerusalem, and mm -hmm. this was this letter was answered in and the answer is recorded in the book of Maccabees saying that these people are related yes, right, so it's clear that the Dorians are Israelites, yes, absolutely, absolutely, okay. Let me, um, well, as people uh, call in and listen, I'll just ask everybody that, that has called in to, uh, you know, just hold off uh, asking questions until, uh, you know, um, uh, Bill is done. Wait, there's, there's a lot of foundation delay yet. I'm sorry. We, oh, okay. we yes, have to go through all this. That's why I'm asking because we've got a lot of people have called in because the, the chat is not streaming. 
and uh, nobody can hear in the chat room. So, uh, but let me ba- quickly back up because I wanted to talk about Genesis chapters nine and ten to, to set up the history that you're giving here. Okay, and it, sa- it tells us this: when Noah awakened from his wine and learned that his youngest, what his youngest son had done, he said, and we had talked about the curse of Canaan before. Okay, which actually was a sin committed by Ham, his father. Okay, a curse on Canaan. May he be slave and thrall to his brothers. He added, O thou eternal, bless the tents of Shem. Let Canaan be his slave. May God enlarge Japheth. May he be welcome in the tents of Shem and have Canaan as his slave. That's the end of Genesis chapter 9. Jumping across Genesis uh, chapter 10, verse 6. The descendants of Ham were Ethiopia, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The descendants of Ethiopia were Sheba, Havilah, Sabta, Raama, Sabteca, and the descendants of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Going down to verse 13. From Egypt sprang Lud, the Anamin, the Libyans, the Naphtupin, Pathros, the Kazluhim, and Crete, from which the Philistines came. From Canaan sprang Sidon, first of all, then the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, the Sinites, Arvadites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. After that, Canaan families spread abroad. The Canaanite families spread abroad, their territory extending from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza and as far as Lisha in the direction of Sodom and Gomorrah and Adama and Zeboim. Okay, so what we're talking about, the Canaanites are descendants of Canaan who mixed with these, uh, not Phoenicians, but with these people of non-Shemitic descent that were inhabiting the coastal area of uh, eastern the eastern Mediterranean plain. Okay, and so so you've already mentioned some of these people, and uh, so we want to ultimately distinguish between Canaanites and Shemites, and so uh, please continue as you were as you were saying. Well, okay. History shows, and Egyptian inscriptions show, that the Egyptians had spread themselves. The Egyptians had an empire. Mm -hmm. They ruled over the land of Canaan at the time of the Exodus. Right. They had ports of call in Anatolia, in Thrace, and in Greece, Mm -hmm. and probably in in western parts of the Mediterranean as well. Yes. Yes. And, and they traded and, and conducted commerce and made settlements in those areas. Right. Now, the, uh, the original Egyptians were white. Yes. Already in Greece were the Ionian Greeks, the, who were the Javan of Genesis chapter 10. Okay. The Pethites. Yes. The, the Argives, the original Argives, are surely Japethites, along with the Rhodians and 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 other peoples of the, the Greek world, yes. the coast of Anatolia and what we know today as Greece. Yes, okay. Now, the Dan and Greeks come into the picture from Egypt around 1500 B.C., and so do the Trojans, yes. who, who were Judah's era. And I have papers on my website which connect the Dan and, and Dorian Greeks to the Israelites of the Old Testament, Okay. give all the necessary and appropriate citations, Yes. and also connect the Trojans and the Romans who descended from the Trojans to Judas Ara and and I give all of the 
all of the available history and citations which prove that connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, the Phoenicians... I would assert of the northern tribes of Israel, okay. Asher, Zebulun, Naphtali, Gad, mm-hmm. and and we're going to see we're gonna this see is going to be this is going to become manifest shortly. Okay, they settled in Kalikia, in Caria, in well the islands in between were settled by all of these people at one time or another, in Thrace, in Thessaly. And and in points west also as well. Yes. Now, in the ancient world, there was no sense of a nation territory as we have it today. Right. The world was built around city-states. That's right. And a tribe or members of a tribe would, when when a city-state grew crowded, they would break off and they would go seek out an empty plot of land that was suitable for a settlement. Yes. So so you could land in Italy or Greece, and, and we have concepts of these nation-states with national boundaries today that they didn't have then. You just looked for empty land that nobody would challenge you for. Right. It was suitable and arable, and you settled there, and you built a city. Yeah, like the American pioneers did. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and most city-states comprised of solely a city with walls and villages with farms around it to support it. Right. Now, the land of Canaan was was heavily inhabited with Canaanites, but there were also many other Adamic people there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There were Elamites there. There were Assyrians there. There were Egyptians there. There were Philistines there who the Bible, as you just mentioned, relates to the Egyptians. Right. The Egyptians had control of the territory, and there were, there were of course, many Canaanites there. And most of the city-states probably were Canaanite. But there were other people there, and right. especially the Syrians and other Hebrews to the north. Right, right. Okay. Well, let me now, just quickly interrupt and interject here, because when the Israelites came into the land and came into possession of Canaan line, Canaan land, Yahweh told them to exterminate these Canaanites. So right. whatever Canaanites were there were displaced by Israelites. Absolutely. Okay. And, and we're going to get to that, but I'd like to cover a few other things. Okay, sure. Yeah. The, the ancient Babylonian and, and and Egyptian inscriptions that we found, the Assyrian inscriptions, the Hittite inscriptions, they mention a people called the Habiru or Abiru. Yes. And we have the Telarmana tablets are actually from the reign of Akhenaten. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the invading Abiru, the Abiru invading into the land of Canaan. And these Telarmana tablets are actually letters from kings of the Canaanite city-states in the land of Canaan, okay. appealing to Akhenaten for assistance in defending, helping to defend them against these invading Abiru. Okay. Now, a lot of mainstream scholars refuse to accept that these Abiru are the Hebrews. Right. <laughs> They're the Israelites. Yes. And they, they, they use two points to try to disprove this. Okay. And, and they're viewing the Bible through totally Jewish eyes, and they believe that the Hebrews and the Jews started with Abraham, and they called themselves Hebrews and Jews, and that was it. So these invading Abiru can't possibly be the, the Israelites, because the word Abiru exists in other inscriptions, which are earlier, which right. are further north, and they seem to be a class of people rather than a nation of people. Okay, okay. And, and they say that because they're dispersed throughout the Near East. Yes. What they don't realize is that Abraham is not the first Hebrew. Exactly. That Hebrew was 
first Hebrew. That's right, Hebrew. There were other people besides Israelites calling themselves Hebrew. That the term Abiru in those older inscriptions very well applies to those other people calling themselves Hebrew. And and that the the people in the surrounding area know that the Israelites are Hebrews from these other people called Hebrews. Right. And sometimes the word does seem to designate a class of people. Okay. And, uh, and, <laughs> yeah. And that's because after the Israelite enslavement in Egypt, their name, Hebrew, became synonymous with slave. Right. <laughs> for, for at least a period of time. Exactly. The invading of Biru into the land of Canaan in the Telramano letters surely corroborates the Exodus account of of the slow Israel encroachment on the land of Canaan and, and its eventual destruction. Right. Which didn't happen in a day. It probably took a hundred years. Right, exactly. Yes. And and that's more or less spelled out in the in the judges in in the in the judges account that the Canaanites sometimes they prevailed and then the Israelites would push back and then the Moabites would prevail for a while and then the Israelites would, would break the yoke of them and eventually by the time of David all, or Saul, even the Israelites had overcome all of the Canaanites of the surrounding area. Right. right. Solomon had them enslaved. Yes. Which okay. fulfills the prophecy in in, in in part in Genesis nine that Canaan would be a servant of servants. Right. Now, one of the things that I object to uh, to mainstream scholarship is that they they don't understand that these Israelites um, that displaced the Canaanites are in fact. <laughs> okay, and so this is probably why, where they get this notion that the, the Phoenicians are Aryans and the Hebrews aren't, you know, when the fact is Hebrews are Aryans just as much as uh, these Phoenicians because they're, they're both Hebrews. Well, the, the field of archaeology is only about 150 years old, maybe okay. 200 years old. And as we know it today, it's not even that old. Originally, archaeology wasn't even a separate discipline. It, it fell under the guise of the anthropology department in nearly all universities in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't a, a discipline connected with history. And many archaeologists didn't know much about history. And right. that's evident from, from a lot of their early writings. Yes, yes. Now, archaeology is a relatively new science, and it has always been viewed, especially in the Near East, through Jewish, through the lens of the Jewish interpretation of the Bible, okay, where, where the Jews started with Abraham, and which is not true, yes, and and everybody that's a descendant of Abraham is a Jew, and therefore they must have a Canaanite appearance. They must have yes. noses, and and when an Aryan body is dug out of the Middle East, that's labeled Canaanite, right? <laughs> because it's obviously not Jewish. Yeah, right. The world of archaeology in the Near East is upside down. Exactly. There, there are tombs found in Tel Dan with what they call Mycenaean graves. And, and this was in an archaeology. And I, I cited in my paper on the Phoenicians on my website. Okay. And, and I, I give the, the issue of the archaeology magazines and journals it came from. Now, these tombs with the so-called My, Mycenaean graves at Tel Dan, they, they believe that these Greeks came and, and settled there. And right. There's no biblical account of that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The Danans, the tribe of Dan, are the Greeks, are the Mycenaeans. Okay. And they had, they brought their culture to Greece. They didn't bring it from Greece to Palestine. They interpret it backwards because they insist that the Hebrews and the Israelites are Jews. Right. 
so when they find something that's that's Aryan in nature, that they label it Canaanite or or say that it's invading Indo-European tribes or, right. or any other story right. to prevent the the identity, the true identity of the Judeans and yes, and the Israelites Jews from becoming manifest. Yes, exactly. Okay, all right. So far, so good. <laughs> okay, so. Um, now, where did you leave off when I interrupted you on, on that subject? Because you were talking about... Well, up until the time of Joshua in, in Palestine, in the land of Palestine, all of the inscriptions that are found, and, and it's not a whole lot, but there are a numerable amount, are, contain cuneiform characters. Yes. The Hebrew language, the Hebrew characters did not come into, into the land of Canaan until the 15th century, which is the same time as the Exodus in the time of Joshua. Exactly. Okay, so while the language may have been very similar, the Hebrew, the what we consider the proto-Hebrew characters did not come into play in, until the time that the Israelites invaded the land of Canaan. Excellent, okay. Now, during the time of, of the invasion of Canaan, Asher, the Lot's, the land that's historically seen as Phoenicia is mostly the territory of Asher. Yes. And it goes from, I, I believe it's Mount Carmel, which is slightly below Tyre, up as far as Sidon, is is up the coast, and, and maybe beyond that to Byblos and Eucharist are considered Phoenicia. Okay. But Strabo, the geographer, actually considered Phoenicia the entire coast from Gaza all the way north to the farthest extremes of Syria, the borders, of, the modern-day borders of Turkey. Yeah, understandable, yes. Okay. You know, Strabo to geography considered that whole land Phoenicia. Okay, yes. Now, in the Septuagint, and this is not evident in the King James, but if you read the King James Bible and you want to believe that Asher inhabited that land, you, you more or less have to believe that um, that those so-called Phoenicians are really the Israelites okay. of the tribe Probably. of Asher. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, in the Septuagint, in Joshua chapter 19... And it's verse 29, and it's talking about the the splitting up, the dividing of the land of Canaan. It says of the tribe of Asher that part of his inheritance was, and to the border shall turn back to Ramah and to the fountain of Mashafat and the Tyrians. Yes, yes. And, And Asher clearly inherits the city of Tyr. However, a little further on, it says of the tribe of Naphtali, that he is also to inherit walled cities of the Tyrians and Tyr. Yes. And and that's in Joshua 19.35 in the Septuagint. Yes. Okay. Now, when you look at the, when you examine the accounts of where the Canaanites are left by the children of Israel, Asher's to inherit Sidon, but there were Canaanites left in Sidon. Now, that doesn't mean that the Israelites didn't inhabit Sidon, it just means that there were Canaanites there with them. Mm-hmm. They didn't clean out all the Canaanites. Tyre right. or Tyre is not mentioned as having Canaanites left in it after the Israelite conquest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, most Bible maps don't show the Israelites at this time anywhere near the sea. Right. They they have a demarcated Phoenicia and they have a line there and and the Israelites are concentrated in, in the middle around Jerusalem. If you look at most Bible maps right. along the Jordan at, River, yes, at this, right. But 
in the Song of Deborah, in Judges chapters 4 or 5, it clearly states, why did Dan remain in ships? Right. And Asher is by the seashore. Yes, and Zebulon. Right. And and it's very clear from the biblical account, and, and they draw these maps in direct yes. contradiction to it. Right. <laughs> that the Israelites are along the sea yes. where the Joshua account of the division of the land says that their land is. Yes, and it's totally contrary to... Uh, the Jewish uh, people, uh, they never had a history of being known as seafarers. So that these people called Phoenicians are obviously Israelites who are known as seafarers. Absolutely. Yes. Now, Josephus, in his history, and on my website right now, I posted it this morning, is a paper, it's on the discussion section of my website on, on the navigation bar, and it says, it, it's a, it's the um, on the discussion side of my, section of my website. It says Flavius Josephus' remarks concerning Tyre and the Phoenicians. Okay. You'll find a heading and a link, and you click on that, and and you could get to all of the remarks of Josephus, and I have them highlighted that I'm going to cite here. Yes. Okay. Josephus says that Tyre or Tyre was built about 240 years before the temple was built. Okay. That's right smack in, in the middle of the judges period and not shortly after the Zebulonites and the Asherites inherit that land and occupy those cities. Exactly. That's exactly a biblical account. And, and Josephus is actually drawing from Menander the Ephesian, who was, who was a pretty prolific writer in ancient times, but it's a shame that not too many of his works survived his, his prose works. He Menander the Ephesian had actually quote had actually translated the Chronicles of Tyre mm-hmm. into Greek, and and they don't exist. Josephus quoted them, okay. but they don't exist to us anymore. Yes, yes. And Josephus okay. only quoted enough of them to establish the antiquities of the Judeans. Yes. In you know, he's arguing with with Greek historians and philosophers. Yes, and I know you're aware of this, Bill, but. There's a book called The History of the Caledonians, and the Caledonian people of Britain trace their ancestry to the Trojans, and they declare that they are Israelites and Hebrews. Right, yes. absolutely, and, and that's correct. And yes. The Phoenicians were mining, according to, I think it's Tacitus, I could be wrong, the Phoenicians were mining tin in Cornwall a thousand years before the Roman Empire. Right. And and that brings us back to Solomon and the ships of Tarshish, just about. Yes. Okay. And and the ships Tarshish is actually in southern Spain. It's Tardesis in southern Spain. Right. Right. Britain is not a, a far leap from there. Exactly. And it's very clear that the Phoenicians inhabited Cornwall and 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 mined tin in, in Cornwall, which is in modern Wales. Okay. And, and fully occupied that area. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's why the Welsh still speak Hebrew today. They call it Welsh. <laughs> the most prominent early colonists of the Phoenicians were the Malaysians. Mm-hmm. And they they had many settlements around the Black Sea. They settled the entire Danube River Valley. If you're a Bavarian or, or a Württemberger, you probably have mm-hmm. that, some of that Malaysian blood in you. Yeah, or Milesian, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and, and they settled in Spain. 
Yes, absolutely. That's why settlements in, in modern day Spain. That's why Spain was called Iberia, the land of absolutely. the Hebrews. And and a big link that a lot of people miss is that there were two Iberias. Yes. In ancient times, the first Iberia was the Phoenician Peninsula of Spain and Portugal. Uh huh. And the second Iberia was Scythian. Right. And and it it came to be after the deportations of the Israelites to the cities of the Medes and the migrations of those Scythian Israelites through the Caucasus that the, one of the first lands they stopped in in the Caucasus Mountains was named Iberia. Right. Right. And, and that, that, that's it's called Armenia today. that all of this history that we discuss falls into place. Right, right. So yes. it's clear from the Joshua account in the Septuagint that Phoenicians had in, inhabited Tyre, and, I mean Israelites had yes. inhabited Tyre and Sidon. Right, Sidon, right, now, exactly. Yes. the word Phoenician, nobody, this name does not appear anywhere before the Greek writing. Okay. And the first Greek writing is Homer. Right. And right. that's 600 B.C. Okay, so the Phoenicians so, did not exist before then. And uh, they existed under a different name. Well, right. Mm -hmm. they, they there, there's all kinds of different names for those people in that region, but Phoenician is not one of them. Right. Okay, good. Okay, and, and the Egyptian, the, the land of Canaan, that name Canaan is mentioned in all sorts of different inscriptions from different surrounding nations. Yes. At, even as earlier than the Judges period. Mm -hmm. and, yes. and it's called the land of Canaan in Egyptian inscriptions and Babylonian inscriptions, but in yeah. th there's no word Phoenician. Yes. And A lot of historians point to this one word, Fenku, mm -hmm. F-E-N-K-H-U, and it's an Egyptian word, and it appears in the story of Sinuhi, which probably dates to the very time of Abraham, okay. or yes. about 1900 B.C., and Sinuhi mentions the Fanku in northern Syria, but that doesn't – scholars, even in, in ancient Near Eastern texts relating to the Old Testament by James Pritchard, it said that the, the connection of that word Fanku to Phoenician is highly doubtful. Okay, yes, and, okay. And it seems to be an Egyptian word used of Asiatics in general. Okay, interesting. Okay, but Asia being those days – Anything east of the uh, of uh, anything east of Egypt, really. right? <laughs> exactly. In, in fact, the Greek geographers counted Egypt as part of Asia, okay, not part of Africa, right? And the, and Libya, the, they called it. And the story of Abraham clearly tells us that the Canaanites were in Palestine in his time already. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the the word Phoenicia comes it, it's a clear etymology there's a clear form to the greek language and the greek words yes okay and a lot of people think it's called phoenicia because the of the purple dye from the from the phoenix clans which make this which they from the murex they're called and you -E clans the purple people right <laughs> and, and that's why the phoenicians are called such yes. after the purple dye exactly but that's not a proper way to look at the structure of, and development of the Greek words okay. that are translated thusly. Okay, so because what does it really mean? Mm -hmm. The Greeks have another word for purple first. It's perforous. Okay. 
okay? And and we see that word in the in the early Christian writer Porphyry. His name actually means purple. Okay. Purple people. Right. Okay. Now, that's the Greek word for purple, but foinus means blood red. Okay. And I'm I would assert, and and I can't prove this, but it's a natural extension of of the language and the terms used in the Psalms. And, and in the prophets, at the time the Greeks began writing, the children of Israel are calling themselves the sons of Adam. Mm-hmm. The sons of Adam. And Adam means blood red. Yes. So the Greeks start referring to these people on this coast of Palestine as Phoenicians. And it comes from the Greek word phoinus, which means blood red. Okay. And okay. I would assert that the Murex clan, the die of the Murex clan, is named after the after the people okay rather than the other way around very good i mean that that a lot of people might consider it a stretch but knowing yeah. the history and, and studying the development of the language i personally don't consider it a stretch yeah. it's not important to me in the identification of the people yes yes however it's 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 clear that foinus means blood red and that's what the children of Israel were calling themselves the, the sons of Adam. It's all throughout the Psalms. Yeah, right. And, and certainly in these days, people had names for each other and for other tribes. It wasn't common for uh, people to have specific names for spe- species of clams or other animals. You know. Right. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, well, certainly lions and tigers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but not specific species of clam and mollusks and what have you, you know. The word, the language hadn't developed at that point yet. Right. Okay. Now it's very clear that the, the children of Asher and the children, when you go to to um, to Samuel, and you see the census taken by David, and and where he where these men go to count the children of Israel, mm-hmm. they go to Tyr, yes. they go to Sidon. There, there's nothing with with Tyr and Sidon that. Yeah. Insinuate that they're anything but Canaanite cities. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I'm sorry, but Israelite cities. Exactly. <laughs> that, that there may be Canaanites there. Yes. But they're Israelite cities. That's right. The artificer who works for Hiram, and and Hiram is a king, but he starts out being a king of this island off the coast. Yes. And and his kingship was gained. This throne was established during the judges period before David and Saul were kings. Okay. Now, it's very possible that one of the the branches of Judah or some Israelite family moved out there, built a, a settlement, and called themselves the king of the island. Right. And and that would not conflict with anything going on in Palestine because technically the island is outside of Asher's mm-hmm. territory. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. It's Solomon. We don't have a very good history of the judges' period in Palestine. Right. But it's Solomon who actually gives Hiram 20 cities, I, I believe it is, mm-hmm. in, in, on the coast yes. in yes. Palestine. Yes, absolutely. So this gives us the historic land right. later known as Phoenicia. Yeah, okay. This gives the king of, of Tyre entitlement to, to land on the mainland. Yes, yes, okay. And how that throne came about. It, it it's absolute, it's obscure. Right. David and Solomon both recognized the sovereignty of Hiram. That's right. That's so right. we can Solomon, only yes. 
we can't make assumptions, but to assume that since David and Solomon recognized this sovereignty, that yes. this man had, was entitled to this sovereignty. And, and, and exactly the same thing applies to the Queen of Sheba, who was a Hebrew, or if not a Hebrew, then a Hamite, as I, as I, I reeled right, off the name. certainly an Adamite. Yes, certainly an Adamite. And uh, the Egyptians were Adamites. And the Assyrians, at least at the beginning, and the, and the Syrians were Adamites. All these people were, in fact, Adamites. And uh, these kingdoms fought amongst themselves as Adamites, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that happened all the time. I right, mean, the it's happening today. Too bad it is. The okay. first right. Israelite civil war happened between the Trojans and the Danans. They're right, and, and between the tribe of Benjamin and the rest of uh, and the rest of the Israelites. Right. Well, I, I was really considering outside of Palestine, right. outside okay. of the, bibl- the obvious um, biblical accounts. Okay, okay. Okay, in, in the prophets, Ezekiel laments the king of Tyr. Yes. Now, ev- everybody uh, follows Bertrand Compare and says, oh, the king of Tyr is Satan because of the way he's described. Right. But right in the beginning of the lamentation of the king in Tyr, it says, Thou art a man, and the word for man is Adam. Mm-hmm. So it's not talking about Satan. And right. I'm sorry, but Bertrand Compare was wrong. Well, and, but Tyre was taken over later, you know, so so you have to distinguish the time periods. Well, absolutely, mm-hmm. but in this lamentation of the king of Tyr, it, be, it begins in the Bible, Thou art a man. Right, okay. And, and, and the, the word for man there is Adam. And and we can't assume or read anything into that other than yes, Tyre was the king. The throne of Tyre was upset by a priest who didn't deserve it and usurped the throne. Mm-hmm. So the throne of Hiram was uh, usurped. Right. But the lamentation over the king of Tyre says, yes. "Thou art a man," mm-hmm. and the okay. word for man is Adam. Right. Okay. Go read Ezekiel twenty-seven. You'll find it. It's right there. Yeah. Okay. Now, now Compare says that Satan and everybody in, in Israel identity has followed Compare, and Compare is right. wrong on that. Well, yeah, again, I have to stress because right at the period of Solomon, we're getting ready to the breakup of the Israelite kingdom into the right. two well, houses. The, I'm at a at a point quite past that already. Because okay. But that's when the house of, and the reason why the house of Israel was uh, punished by Yahweh was because they began adopting pagan practices. Okay. Well, absolutely. Yeah. But they're they're split off, and Tyre yes. Tyre gained a throne in the judges period and land on the mainland, and and the history of Tyre is really separate from the history of Ephraim's right. Throne yes. of Samaria, the throne yes. of Ahab. In, in fact, the late Ahab marries the daughter of the king of yes. the king of Sidon later on. Well, understood. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is that Tyre probably adopted paganism along with the uh, you know the people on the mainland. Oh, there's no doubt. Yes. Okay. There, there is no doubt that they worship bulls and and. <laughs> yes, right. Oh yeah, it's it's all through the Greek records. The yeah. Phoenician, Phoenician yes. okay. paganism is famous. The Kabiri. Are Phoenician gods, and they were, were right. deities in Troy. Right, and this explains why our people, as they migrated through Europe, worshipped these Canaanite gods. Okay, and a lot of people are well. Well, why would Israelites worship Canaanite gods? These people are Aryans, folks. The reason why they worship Canaanite gods 
is because the Aryans are Israelites. They learned this from Tyre and from, uh, you know, the rebellion against the house of Judah. Absolutely. Yes. And and yes, the following of the Athena is Anath. Mm-hmm. The, the Athena of, of Greek, if you read the Sumerian inscriptions and the, the Hittite inscriptions and read about Anath, which was a, a pagan Canaanite female deity, has all, all the, we have the N and the TH reversed. Okay. And if you understand it, sometimes Phoenicians read Hebrew left to right, yes. and sometimes they read it right to left. You'd understand how they reversed the syllable. Exactly. We have Anath <laughs> in the Levant and Athena in Greece, uh-huh. and these two pagan deities have the same attributes. Right. Okay, right. and there's a lot of other correlations that can be drawn if we want to talk about solely religion. Yes, yes. And, and similarities between the pagan Greek religion yes. and, and the, the Phoenician or the Hebrew religion, pagan, not the Hebrew religion, but the, the pagan religions that the Hebrews follow. Yes, yes. All the correlations are there. Yeah, so in other words, Norse mythology is nothing but Israelite history mythologized. Well, you know, I I could get into Norse mythology too. I mean, yeah, Sheol is Niflheim. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Asgard and or Valhalla is heaven. That's right. And Olympus, Valhalla, heaven, and Olympus are all the same thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hades, Niflheim, and Sheol are all the same thing. Right. The right. afterlife, the spirit, the whole religion is there. It's That's right. The same religion yeah, paganized. Exactly. And Odin is simply the worship of a man who was actually a king, according to all the Saxon chronicles. That's right. Probably in the third century AD. Yeah, he was not a god, he was a man. <laughs> right, but now we're getting way off the topic here. Okay, but I just <laughs> want to bring it that that's where all this stuff comes from. It's our history mythologized. Okay, please continue. Right. I, I want to get it we can't really talk about here in Sudan too much outside of the time of Solomon until we get to the prophets. Okay. And that's why I'm jumping ahead yes. to the prophets, because I can't, the, the the story with Solomon and Hiram, that really can't be added to. Okay. All right? And and the, the conquest of, in the 70, in the Septuagint, the, the fact that the Israelites inherited Tyre and Sidon and inhabited those cities is clear. Yes. And that's clear in 2 Samuel. And, and we're not told what, we're not given a chronicle because the chronicles of Tyre were lost. Yes, yes. And, and we're, we're not, you know, it, it plays into the prophecies concerning Israel's blindness. Mm-hmm, If it yes. was spelled out in the Bible who the Phoenicians were, where they were, where they went, Israel could never be blind. Right. <laughs> and, and those prophecies would have never been exactly fulfilled. Yeah. And And... The history of Tyre and the history of Sudan aren't the only histories that are missing in the Bible. That we have very concise histories in the Bible, That's and right. they only cover the history of, of basically the the king lines in in Samaria and in, mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. Right, right, exactly. Yes, <laughs> it's a very political history in, in the Bible. Yeah, and it's Absolutely. very generalized, but it's also very very narrow in scope. Right, and that's why we have to study history and archaeology to verify the Bible, and it always does. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Okay, so now where are we at? Because which which prophets now are you referring to? There are prophecies in the Septuagint that are not in the King James Bible. Okay. 
and or or not in the King James Bible in the same way. Right. And one of them is in Amos three eleven, where the AV states, "An adversary shall be even round about the land." Okay. The Septuagint says, "O Tyre, uh-huh. thy land shall be made desolate round about thee." Yes. And it, it's it's part of a prophecy addressed to the children of Israel. Yes. Micah seven twelve addressed to the children of Israel in the Septuagint reads, "And thy city shall be leveled." Mm-hmm. And parted amongst the Assyrians, and thy strong city shall be parted from Tyre to the river, and from sea to sea, and from mountain to mountain. Okay. And Tyre was surely an Israelite city. That's right. Now Josephus, in against Appian one twenty two, quotes a Greek writer named Theophrastus, and his writings concerning laws. Mm-hmm. And Josephus is talking about how the Greeks had wrote about Israelites early on, but never called them Israelites. Right, certainly. Okay? And he makes this quote, The laws of the Tyrians forbid men to swear foreign oaths. And Josephus tells us that he was speaking of the Israelites. Right. But the subject of the discourse is the Tyrians. Yes. And then he goes on to cite Herodotus from Histories 2104. He doesn't tell you that, but that's where it is. Yes. Who cited that the Phoenicians and the Syrians of Palestine. You see, Herodotus mentions the people of Judah four times. Yeah, okay. And he gives, Herodotus gives the same version of a battle between the Egyptians and the Judahites that the Bible gives, but Herodotus calls the people the Syrians of Palestine. Right. <laughs> he never says Israel. He never says Judah. He calls them Syrians of Palestine. And that's what they are. Right. The, if you, the right. Syrians were white people. Exactly. And, and that's where Abraham came from. Exactly. He came from the same land. The Syrians, or the Arameans, are the brother people of the Hebrews. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. Herodotus calls these people the Syrians of Palestine. Okay. So Herodotus at 2.104 stated that the Phoenicians and the Syrians of Palestine were circumcised. Uh-huh. And Josephus in Antiquities, and I'm sorry, and against that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Bill. There's no such thing as Ari- circumcised Aryans. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> well, certainly in those days there were. Josephus points out that there are no inhabitants of Palestine that are circumcised except the Judeans. Right meaning the Israelites, exactly. and therefore it must be his knowledge, talking about Herodotus, mm-hmm. that enabled him to speak so much concerning them. Okay. That the Tyrians had such laws and brought them to their colonies is evident in the statement of Strabo's in his geography at 360, yes. I'm sorry, in Strabo's geography at Book 3, Chapter 1, Paragraph 6. The Turditadians, and, and the Turditadians are people in in modern-day Spain, okay. are ranked as the wisest of the Iberians. Yes. And they make use of an alphabet and possess records of their ancient history, poems and laws written in verse that are 6,000 years old, wow. as they assert. Yes. Now, this is surely talking about Phoenician Hebrews. That's right, Hebrews. Absolutely. And, and if, if you examine the Hebrew of the Old Testament, the book of Exodus is an epic poem, mm-hmm. and epic poetry is peculiar to the Caucasian race. That's right. To, to the Aryan race. That's right. The, the Canaanites never wrote epic poetry. No, no. Um, 
No, they just, they just made out uh, cuneiform tablets that were uh, receipts, <laughs> promissory <laughs> notes. <laughs> yeah, well, uh-huh. and and this is. Oh, and they were hired as scribes by the Israelites. There's evidence all over. Yeah. However, the part the parts of Josephus that that I'm citing for for this discourse, which give this this little piece about Tyre being mm-hmm. an Israelite city, right? Yeah. Josephus counts it as an Israelite city. Are on the page. They're accessible from the page, the discussion page on my website. Okay. Okay. Give and, give and, us that website. If anybody that. wants to download that, it's I highlighted the quotes that I'm citing. Okay. It's um, Christogenia.org. C H R I S T O G E N E A dot O R G. Right. And it's on the discussion page on the menu bar. Right. You'll see right. Flavius yeah. Josephus's remarks concerning Tyre and the Phoenicians. Yes, yes. And I've highlighted the, the pertinent sections. Right, and right. And Josephus, and against Appian, is surely counting Tyre as an Israelite city. Yes. As I've cited from Joshua mm-hmm. and Amos mm-hmm. and Micah. Yes. But the Masoretes deleted those parts of, of Scripture <laughs> yes. from from their text, right. and we don't have them in the King James Bible. Right now, now it's, this is very important, folks, because the Jews do not ever talk about the split up between the House of Israel and the House of Judah. The ten tribes going north, and the House of Judah staying, you know, being uh, taken later to Babylon, and then coming back to Judea, okay, to institute the days of Christ. But Josephus tells us that the ten tribes are beyond Euphrates, inestimable by numbers, while the two tribes have remained in Judea. So he obviously knew that the ten tribes were all over, you know, the, the Middle East area, but that the two house, the two tribes of the house of Judah had remained in Judea. Now, I have a quote I'd like to talk about a little later history, um, after the, the Assyrian deportations. Okay. The, the Greeks start writing this word Phoenician with Homer about 600 B.C. Homer writes about the Phoenicians, but Homer is only writing about the period around the time of the Trojan War. Mm-hmm. So the period Homer's writing about is 1200 B.C. Okay. There is a blackout in history uh-huh. amongst the Greeks. Right. We have... Accounts of the Dorian invasion happening a generation or two after the Trojan War. Yes. The Dorians invade. They come from Palestine and they yes. take most of, of what we know as Greece over to Peloponnesus and, and a part of Ionia. Right. And parts on the mainland, which is called the Dorian Tetrapolis or, or cities up above where um, where the Oracle is. Yes. Now... From that time, we have nothing okay. in Greece. We have no knowledge of Greece yes. for f- over 400 years. Okay. Okay, and when the Greeks start writing, they, they're they writing these epic poems about the time of the Trojan War and yes. things that happened before the Trojan War, like the, the voyage of Jason and the, Ar- and the Argonauts right. and things like that. Yes. But they write nothing about what happens... During the the 10th century B.C., the 9th century B.C., the 8th Mm -hmm. century B.C., we know nothing. That's right. That's right. It's a blackout in history. That's because the Greeks are Dorians, not the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, it's it's amazing that um, we have Ionian Greeks in Athens, but they've written nothing. Mm -hmm. In in fact, 
it's evident that they didn't even really write. Yes. Un, un, until relatively late times. Okay. They learned it from the Dorian Greeks. Yes. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise known as the Phoenicians. <laughs> well, well, yes. It's correctly Greeks, known as yes. The Greeks give the Phoenicians credit for their alphabet. Okay. And and they give the the Phoenicians credit for for most of their their inventions and and their contrivances. Right, right. And their crafts and their art. Yes. Now, uh, speaking of crafts and art, isn't it true that the Phoenician alphabet and the Hebrew alphabet are one hundred percent identical? Yeah. The pro the proto Hebrew alphabet, it's called. Mm-hmm. It's Phoenician. Yeah. That's the alphabet that the Phoenicians brought to Greek. It's right. the same alphabet. And sometimes the Phoenicians wrote it left to right. Sometimes they wrote it right to left. And sometimes they wrote it in, in what's called boustrephedon. Okay. Which means that it, it goes back and forth as you drop a line. You're oh. constantly going back and forth. Okay, zigzag. Right. Right. Uh-huh. And, and that was believed by some of the ancients to make it easier to read. Yeah, and confuse everybody. <laughs> well, yes, that yeah, too. That's right. Because historians and scholars still have it all back. That's about right, them. exactly. And then this Hebrew script even came to America. We have all kinds of Hebrew inscriptions on rocks and, you know, monuments everywhere. And well, that's true. Britain. The Phoenicians traveled far and wide, and, yes. and there are all sorts of evidence of their presence here on a North American continent. The Colbrun alphabet is Hebrew slash Phoenician. That's what it is. Yes. Okay, please continue. Hello? Where am I? Oh, I guess it, well, we had inter- I interrupted you about okay. uh, the Greek alphabet. Uh, I'm the, sorry. The first Greek writers about the Phoenicians. The first historian who wrote about the Phoenicians is Hecatahius of Abdera. Okay. Now, Hecatahius, and, and I'm going to quote from, from uh, I'm going to take a, a thing from my pamphlet here, and I'm, referring to Encyclopedia Britannica. In historical times, the Phoenicians called themselves Canaanites and their land Canaan. Mm -hmm. As the ninth edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica reads, citing surviving fragments of the Greek historian, I'm sorry, Hecatahius of Miletus, who was earlier than Hecatahius of Abdera. The biblical student should expect Hecatahius, who wrote in the very late 6th, and early 5th centuries B.C., mm-hmm. to have found Canaanites in Phoenicia, because most of the Israelites had been removed years earlier right. by the Assyrians right. and the right. Babylonians. Exactly. So if Hecatahius travels to Phoenicia and finds Canaanites after the Israelites are long removed, yes. that doesn't mean that we can extrapolate that backwards and assume that all the Phoenicians are Canaanites. Right. Uh, and that's what historians do. Yeah, and they ignore the history given by the Bible. Right. The Greeks continued to call the non-Israelite people Phoenicians, but only because they dwelt in that land which exactly. they call Phoenicia. Exactly. Therefore, Mark, in, in 726, calls a certain woman Syrophoenician, mm-hmm. but Matthew, in 1522, more accurately identifies that same woman as a Canaanite. Right. Mark is given a, a view of, of this woman through Greek eyes and Matthew through Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yet the historical books in the Septuagint are more reliable than, than their counterparts of Masoretic texts. Yes. And we know from them that the people that inhabited Tyre and Sidon and, and cities that seem to be Phoenician. Right. 
right. during the time yeah. of the Israelite kingdom yes. were Israelites okay. and not Canaanites. Yeah, and let me just kind of interject one point here because the Canaanite, the word Canaanite means trafficker slash merchant, okay? And since that's their specialty, and it still is today, okay, since that was their specialty then, you can you can bet that they got involved in the shipping trade, you know, the tin mines, of Cornwall, at least in the monetary end of the of the bargain, you know, there, and there that's how no these. Doubt. Yeah, there was no doubt that there weren't some Canaanites amongst the Phoenicians, right? Either as slaves, because Solomon, we're told in a biblical account, Solomon had them all enslaved, mm-hmm. and they would have taken advantage of that. Yes, and, or as merchants, which is their expertise, as that's, you've said. Exactly, exactly. But that doesn't make them all right. Right. Uh, and so, right, and uh, so that's the, the only point I'm getting at is this is possibly why uh, you know Compare you know made this mistake you know in identifying Tyre as evil you know because when he's, he's actually referring to perhaps the merchants who had taken over the area certainly by the, t- the time the historical time you're referencing now. Right, and we okay. have to understand ancient history, and, and and understand that it's no different than modern history. Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice was a Jew. Yeah, that's right. Okay, who talked about getting his pound of flesh from the Christians. That's right. The, um, the, who, the who, were the merchants of, yes. who were the merchants of the British Empire? That's right. They were Jews, the Rothschilds, the Baruchs. Yes. Who were the merchants in New York today? That's right. <laughs> it, it's, that doesn't make all New Yorkers Ma- Jews. Off. I'm not a Jew. Yeah, made, <laughs> yeah. Off, made off with our money. That's right. The, the the British aren't Jews because their merchants are. Yes, and, that's right. And I'm sure it was no different in ancient Tyre. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And, and a lot of people fail to understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I wanted to interrupt you know interrupt you on that point because our same that same situation exists today among our we are the hardworking people that build the civilizations, and it's Jewish usury, which is by the way forbidden by Scripture is what takes advantage of us, going back to Genesis 3.15. It's the same old story all over again. Well, right, but that's because Satan rules the world, and, and hopefully we'll get to the reasons behind that when we do the Chris Dagenis show next Friday night. Right. Okay, very good. Okay, so please continue your historical account. Well, basically, after the, after the Israelites are all removed from the land, the, the name Phoenicia became applied by Greeks to Canaanites, not because the Canaanites are Phoenicians, mm-hmm. but because the Canaanites were the only ones left That's right. in the land previously inhabited by Israelites. They moved up in there, yes. For mm-hmm. the most part, the Israelites were removed. Yes. Now, Tyre, the mainland city, was not conquered by the Assyrians. Okay. It's a subject of biblical prophecy in Ezekiel. It was taken by the Babylonians. Okay. But the island city was not taken by the Babylonians. Okay. That actually thrived until the time of Alexander. Interesting. Okay. Who, who built a, built a um, a rampart out to it to destroy it because he couldn't get it by sea. Right. He didn't have any ships. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, <laughs> so the mainland. Now, in between time, we we have the Asherites on the mainland city thriving for several hundred years after all of the other Israelites are taken away. Yes. And yes. and that's. Why I believe we have a woman of Asher identified in the New Testament, mm-hmm. because some Asherites had been left behind in a land that kept their traditions and and their their knowledge of who they were. 
Right, and wasn't there a prophecy that Asher and Zebulon would see a great light? Aren't those the two tribes? Because they stayed in the area and they saw Jesus Christ? Well, that's Zebulun and Naphtali, I believe. Okay, Zebulun and Naphtali, okay. So they had cities that were still populated by Israelites in the days of Christ. Well, right. Not mm-hmm. not all of the Israelites were taken away by the Assyrians anyway. Right. However, the island of Tyre was was never bothered by the, by the Assyrians or the Babylonians. They were brought under. Um, yeah. They were forced to to Alexander. pay to to pay up, but they were never conquered. Right. Right. Okay. Very good. And and that's I mean we can expound on things that are already said in in greater depth if you mm-hmm. like, but that's basically. Yeah, a brief history of of Phoenicia. Okay, so in general terms, then the uh, the mainstream biblical history that we're being given, and the mainstream secular history that we're be uh, we're given about ancient Palestine and the Middle East is all wrong. They misidentify the Hebrews as Canaanites. <laughs> they mis- misidentify the Israelites who lived from the days of uh, uh, Joshua, from the days of Joshua, who conquered Canaan and the Israelites took over that land, they misidentify those people as Canaanites when, in fact, Israelites. And, and, con- and through later history, when the Canaanites moved back in there, after the Israelites were deported, these historians simply apply the same name to these three different groups of people indiscriminately. Absolutely. We've just it can be proven as as we've just discussed from the Bible, from the Septuagint version of the Bible, and and the Septuagint has no political axe to grind. Right. They translated that book. Yes. It's it's more valid than the Masoretic text. The the oldest manuscripts of the Septuagint are at least eight hundred years older than the Masoretic text That's manuscripts. That's right. That's right. And and I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's a lot. The history in the Septuagint, the historical books are much more accurate. And Josephus supports right. the Septuagint. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and Josephus, as, as I just cited, and as I have the citations on up on my website, Josephus claims the Tyrians as Israelites. Yes, yes, okay. The the Phoenicians of the glory days of Phoenicia, which are absolutely correspond to the kingdom period of Israel. Yes. Are an Israelite people. That's right. They're the northern tribes of the Israelites for right. the most part. Yes, yes. And and if this is discovered and brought out into the mainstream, yes, it totally destroy. It makes people question the identity of the Jews. That's right, because they've so been you'll pretending never see to be Israel. The mainstream. Yes, and, well, and mainstream scholars will continue to refute it, and and it's a bold faced lie. That's right. That the Phoenicians are anything the. The famous Phoenicians yes. of the glory days, the golden age of Phoenicia, are anything but Israelites. Yes. Who brought Hebrew to the rest of Europe, <laughs> the Hebrew language, in the form of Proto-Hebrew, which is identical to Phoenician script. There's no difference whatsoever. Well, that's why we have a Phoenician alphabet. The Roman right. alphabet is Phoenician. That's right. The Greek alphabet is, is almost the same as or the Roman Hebrew. anyway. It's Hebrew. <laughs> but it's the Phoenician alphabet, and the Greeks admit it. Right. Greek history is admitted. Yeah. No, I, now, I want, the, okay, go ahead. The settlers of the coasts of Europe, of the Danube River Valley, of the coast of the Black Sea, of, of the coast of France, the river valleys in France and Italy, and Spain and Britain, the, the original settlers, aside from the Jepethi tribes, are all Phoenician. Right. 
Right. And, and they, they can be traced through all the Greek history. They're all Israelites. So that's... The Minoans, the Minoans in Strabo, he tells you how the Minoans <laughs> had settlements throughout Italy. Right. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Our people got around. <laughs> and and doesn't the Bible pre- prophesy that the Israelites would be scattered to the north and to the west? Absolutely. Right. And 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 the prophecies of the last twenty chapters, twenty five chapters in Isaiah are to the people. Yeah. In the Isles of the West. And the Jewish people were not scattered until 70 to 133 A.D. What the, what the Jewish people did was they followed the Israelites around, but they weren't well, scattered by Yahweh. We were scattered by Yahweh. It is absolutely clear in the New Testament and in Jeremiah that the dispersion of the Jews is the dispersion of the enemies of God and Christ. Yes, that's right. And, and that's you go to the bad thing. Bad fig prophecy of Jeremiah, mm-hmm. and and you go to Luke's account of right. the prophecies concerning Jerusalem, uttered by Yahshua Christ, right, and that's the dispersion of the enemies. That's right. The bad figs of Judah, the Canaanite Edomite Jews, and, and who most Jews, even the Khazar Jews, and a lot of people deny this, even the Khazar Jews carry a lot of Edomite blood. The Hittite, definitely Hittite blood. Yeah, because yes. that's well, where they well, live. They live up in the north. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so By their countenance, you will know them. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, of course, in later days, after the Khazar kingdom was founded, you know, it was converted to Judaism, not to the religion of Moses, folks. <laughs> well, right, but once the Khazar kingdom converted to Judaism, and, and you'll have to understand that the the Edomite Jews went up into Khazaria because they found life in Constantinople very hostile. Okay. All right. After yes. the time of Constantine, the the Byzantine Empire became very hostile to yes. Jews. Right. Right. And and for that it became reason, Christian. Yes. Right. It it became Christian. Mm-hmm. And and once that happened, the the Jews couldn't persecute Christians anymore. Right. The Romans as as Yes. Cool to do that. Yes, as Nero did. And, and by the way, Nero's wife, I forget her name right now, but in the um, in the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, uh, the author cites Nero's wife as being the true instigator of the anti-Christian persecutions, not right. Nero. Right, Papahia was a Jewess. Yeah, Papaya. Yeah, she was a yes. Jewess. Yes. Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the persecutions began, with a Jewess. Now, once once the Byzantine Empire, once Rome accepted Christianity and and legalized it more or less, and vast numbers of, of people became Christian, Constantinus II issued edicts against the Jews and forbid them from making converts, right? And and several other things, and they they started to depart from Constantinople and, and from Roman lands. Yes. And many of them went to Arabia. Their descendants brought us Islam. Right. And many of them went up into Khazaria, and their descendants brought us the Khazar Jews and and the the Jewish-Turkish Khazar trading empire, which flourished until almost the end of the first millennium. Yeah, most people don't realize that Muhammad, who was illiterate, actually hired a couple of Jewish rabbis to start writing the Quran. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. The Quran is basically 
loosely based on the Old Testament yes. and much apocryphal Hebrew literature right. with a bunch of made-up stuff interspersed. Talmudic stuff, exactly. And and there is a lot of evil in the Koran where New Testament accounts are actually twisted mm -hmm. to make Christ and, and his disciples into Muslims. Right. And, right. and I've read it firsthand right we're, from the We're Koran. all Muslims now. <laughs> if we let it happen, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes. So the, 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 unless we understand the true identity of the Israelite people, we cannot understand history. We cannot understand the Bible. Right, and the biggest key to that is to understand when the Greeks started writing and who they were writing about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and and the Greeks, when they're writing about Phoenicia, the the glory the glory of Phoenicia has already passed. Yes. And and it's a, it's on a serious decline, and mm -hmm. that's because the Israelites are gone. Yeah, they left. They left. Now uh, I want to interject here because when. The Judahites, the two-tribe house of Judah, was taken to Babylon. I believe it's Second Kings chapter 17, or First yes. Kings chapter 17, tells us that when they left that area, not now known as Samaria, and it's still known as Samaria, and eventually that, that territory called Samaria was between the, the land of Judah and the land of Galilee in the time of Christ. That area called Samaria was peopled by these Canaanites and Edomites. Well, it, it, there was, well, and I other people say as that well. all of Samaria yeah, was and other Canaanite people as well. because it's clear that a lot of Israelites were never taken. Right, sure. The farmers and were a well. lot of Israelites yeah. still inhabited the land. Right, right. And those people, those Israelites that inhabited the land, they're the people that had contention with with the Judeans. That's right. When they returned. Yes, yes. Okay? Because they, they weren't became, all Canaanites. They be, well, they, they became a mixed-race bunch. Well, but, right. A lot of them evidently did. Yes. But a lot, that woman at the well in John chapter 4, she's yeah. an Israelite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have no doubt. Read mm -hmm. the account. She, okay. She tells Joshua Christ, our father Jacob built this well. He never contested that. Mm -hmm. and, and he and he preached the gospel. And be, being Yahweh in the flesh, he would have understood <laughs> who, who and what she was. <laughs> he knew what was in people. And if, he if knew she, what was in men. He had right. no need for anybody to right. testify of, of and if any she, man because he knew what was in men. Right. And if she were a Canaanite, he would have told her to get lost, which is what he right. told to the Canaanite woman. <laughs> to understand a lot of the Samaritan, the Judean despite for the Samaritan, you have to understand that before Ephraimites were deported by the Assyrians, they were despised by Judah. They right. were at war all the time with each other. Exactly, exactly. Okay, and when these people return from Babylon and resettle in Jerusalem, they want nothing to do with these Samaritans, whether or not they're Israelites, right. they despise them. Right, right. Okay, and then that that's why, and, and this proves, folks, that uh, the kingdom of Judah was extremely racist because they did not allow any of those Samaritans to help them rebuild the city of Jerusalem. They said, you people, you're not our people, get lost. And, and, and originally it was until about 135 B.C. when they decided to go out and conquer all the... Idumea, exactly. All, all the, the Edomites and the various Canaanites in, in the ancient land of, of Judah. And now, now, isn't it interesting, isn't it interesting, Bill, that today America which is an Israelite nation, has uh, married itself 
to the Jewish state, <laughs> just as King John Hyrcanus of Judah married the Edomite state. Absolutely. Yes. It's that history is... repeating itself. Yes, but we're also a nation that's run by Edomites. Exactly, and that's what happened to the Judahites of uh, of Herod, Herod's day. These people called the neocons are all former Jewish socialists. They're Herodians. Well, they're all Jews that are former socialists. That's right. Properly. Well, they're still socialist communists, but they pretend to be Republicans, right? (laughs) Right. Yes, and that's the Herodians. The Herodians of the days of Jesus Christ are, in fact, the neocons and Zionists of today. Yes, absolutely. We have to understand that. We have to understand that, that these Jews are still doing to us, true Judah and true Israel, what they had done to the nation of Judah back in the days of Yahshua Messiah. We're doing, it's, getting, it's happening all over again. So we, unless we understand who we are and who they are, we cannot understand what the solution is to the problems we're experiencing today. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So now, now this period of Samaria, uh, my, my understanding is that uh, the, those people who inhabited Samaria while the Judahites were in Babylon, they uh, they st- began to practice the religion of Moses, but of course a bastardized version of it. Okay. Well, there were people brought in by yes. the Assyrians into Samaria. Yes. And into several different places, and and those people were from other parts of the Adamic world okay. that were conquered by the Assyrians right. elsewhere. Right. And the practice was to take this group causing us trouble and move them over there mm-hmm. and take this other group causing us trouble and stick them over here where we got this group from. Right, right. And, and that was the practice. And, and even the Greeks in some of the early histories discussed the Assyrian practice of deportation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because they were afraid at one point that the Persians and the Assyrians would try it with them. Right, right. But, and Unite. with the, the Greek yeah. cities of Ionia that the Assyrians had ruled over and the Persians mm-hmm. later ruled over. Mm-hmm. In, in, in modern day, in western Anatolia. Right, right. Now, they discussed, so, so the the fact of the deportations is verified by Greek history. Yes. That that, that was a practice amongst the the nations, yeah. the empires of the East. Right, and my contention is that this is the true origination of the religion called Judaism, which uh, these non, you know, certainly non-Israelite people, with a, an admixture of Edomites and Canaanites, the and, and the scribes that remained behind would have known the law of Moses at least to some extent, if not to a great extent. Okay, and those people still were there, so that's when these Jews. That's when these Edomites began practicing a bastardized version of the Law of Moses and started calling themselves Judah, or pretending to be. Well, that might be true to an extent, but that's very hard to nail down because of this. Yes. Because extremely little is known about the state of affairs in Palestine amongst the Judeans between the time of Ezra... And and the latest date that you could put on that book is maybe 456 B.C. Right. Now, a lot of people are going to say Nehemiah was 430 B.C. That's a lie. Uh-huh. Nehemiah was about 490 B.C., and okay. I can prove that. Okay. Nehemiah preceded Ezra. Yes. Okay. From about 456, 455 B.C. in the time of the book of Ezra down to the time of Alexander, 
we know absolutely nothing about what's going on in Palestine. Mm -hmm. And then in turn, from the time of Alexander down to the time of the Maccabees, about 156, 157 B.C., we know extremely little yes, about what went sure. on there. However, and, yeah, didn't, didn't Yashua say to the Syrophoenician woman, you have had five husbands? Yes. Yes. What did he mean? Well, he he said you have had five husbands, and and the one you have now is not your husband. Right. <laughs> and and basically, to the... the woman was well, she's been around. She was, well, yes. What, yeah, what could he have been? Right. Well, but he's referring he, to those five nations that occupied Samaria in the incident. Well, you know, uh, you might see that symbolically. Yes. Uh, but there were actually probably more than five. People yes. of five different nations there. Yes. Oh, at the time, certainly. Yes. Yes. And if you give me a second, I have a list. Okay. All right. Yeah, because uh, I believe that statement by Yashua Messiah has, you know, deeper meaning than, you know, she was just messing around with different men <laughs> at the time. Of course, I didn't, um, yeah. I didn't plan for this, so I yes. had to go digging for it. Yeah. Well, in the last, uh, we have about ten minutes left, so, you know, while you're digging, let me just announce my email address. Uh Eli-James at sbcglobal.net. And, uh, by the way, Pastor Dan has uh, been patiently listening in, and his show is going to come on in about 40 minutes. And so uh, please, hopefully, Pastor Dan doesn't have the audio problems we've been experiencing. And my website is anglo-saxonisrael.com, where this article that we've been discussing by uh, William Fink is actually part of uh, my website as well. And then, uh, Bill, you found your uh, document yet yes by um these are notes that i wrote into my king james version of the bible about eight years ago okay at the end of two chronicles the importation of heathens into israel by assyrian kings okay by sargon not mentioned in the bible but found on assyrian inscriptions okay samudites ibadites marsimonites and kapayans okay by S.R. Hadan, okay. 2 Chronicles 33, 11, and 2 Kings 17, 24, and yes. see Ezra 4.2. So it's verified Babylonians, by Scripture. Kuthahites, and men of Ava, and I have Sepharvaimites and Hamathites. Yes, Sepharvaimites. And by right. Ezra 4.9, Dinites, yes. Ephrathathites, yes. I can't pronounce half the names. Yes, the Sepharvaim are indeed Canaanites. There's no and doubt Babylonians, about that. Yes. Susanites, Dehovites, and Elamites. Right. I mean, it's a much longer list than five nations. Right, right. And, yeah. and that's the point I'm trying to make. Right. Well, uh, what I'm referring to is the kingdoms that ruled over Samaria in waves. You know, you had the Greeks, we had the Romans. Uh, before the Romans were the Assyrians, you had the Babylonians, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That's that's how I'm interpreting that. You know, I just wanted to run that by you to, to see. Okay, but it seems to me that the woman recognized exactly what he meant, and yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure she didn't have that much of a grip on right the history of Palestine. But she also called him son of David. <laughs> well, she knew he was the son of David, and she knew that the Messiah was coming. This that's woman right. expected the Messiah, which means that like the apostles. Because when he when he told the apostles follow me, mm -hmm. they knew that he was the one they were waiting for. That's right. And that means that they understood Daniel's seventy week prophecy in Daniel chapter nine is yes. the only way to understand when to interpret 
when the when to expect the Messiah to appear. Yes. And that began about 456 BC, and it ended when Yahshua Christ was baptized in the Jordan River. Right. That that marks the end of the four, first 483 years, or the first 69 weeks of yes. Daniel's 70th week prophecy, yes. and it starts the beginning of the 70th week. Yes. So and, and a lot of clowns push that off to sometime in the future, that 70th week. That's, and that's right. absurd. Yeah, that's dispensationalist nonsense. Yes. Right. right. Now, if the Samaritan, the Bible. Right. Now, if Samaritan, the, the Samaritan woman understood that Yahshua was the Messiah, and she was a representative of the nation north of Judah, and the dispersed Israelites that we've been talking about, we've been tracing their history and their migrations throughout the Mediterranean basin and up the Danube River into Europe, otherwise known as the scattering of the 12 tribes of Israel, isn't this, isn't it a fact that they knew they were Israelites, understood that the Messiah had had come, and that's what Paul was trying to explain to them, and that's why they converted so easily to Christianity. Well, you know, a lot of them did convert very easily to Christianity. Mm-hmm. The Allens knew they were Israelites. Okay. Josephus knew that the Allens were Israelites. Okay. And and I would probably say, and, and I can conjecture it, uh, I'm saying the Allens, the Allens converted immediately to Christianity. Okay. Josephus, in his Wars of the Judeans, talks about a war be- of the Allens. Yes. Why would he mention that in Wars of the Judeans? Right. Why would Josephus write his histories in Aramaic and address them to the northern barbarians? Right. Meaning the Scythians, the Parthians, and the Allens of the Caucasus Mountain region. Right. They're right. the only people that, that Josephus could be meaning. That's right. So Josephus certainly knew where the Israelites were. Exactly. But exactly. The, only, the thing that Josephus probably did not realize right away yes. was the what was happening on the other end of that dispersion of the Israelites. Right, certainly. That those people were migrating into Europe and becoming yeah. known as Scandinavians and Germans and Franks and... and and Goths and Vandals and and whatever. Yeah. And and that's who they are. But Joseph, we have was, clear links between Jerusalem and yes. and, and, and Rome people. Uh, because Josephus was a, a Roman. He was a Roman citizen, and uh, as a Roman citizen, he was writing the history of his true people, Israel. Well, Josephus was was more or less adopted as a Roman citizen. Okay. He was He was a Galilean. He's a Levite. Mm-hmm. He knew he was a Levite. Right. He gave his. He was a a um a priest, and and he um was the general of the Galilean army for for Judea. Right. So he was at a the very, time of the revolt. He was a very prominent person, and yeah, he would certainly have known, you know, that the so-called barbarians, at least some of the barbarians, so-called by the Romans, were Israelites. He would certainly have known that, you know. So absolutely, that, yeah. he absolutely knew it, and and it's all over his his book. Um, the Bello, the the Bello Judaic or the, or the Wars of the Judeans. Right, right. The um, <laughs> Josephus <laughs> was was favored by Vespasian, whose family name was Flavia, uh-huh. and that's why he changed his name to Flavius Josephus. Right. He was adopted by Vespasian, brought back to Rome, and wrote his histories in Rome. Yes. And Josephus was more than likely writing in Rome at the same time Tacitus was. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Writing his histories of Rome. And so the, the final point that I want to make is that when Paul, and Paul doesn't use the word Gentiles, folks, that word Gentile has been inserted into the scriptures from outside. No Greek writer of the New Testament, no Hebrew writer of the Old Testament ever used that word Gentile. They used the word nations. And so those Gentiles are not non-Israelites. They are Israelites of the dispersed 12 tribes, and that's what that word means. Almost almost 100% of the time. Sometimes it means non-Israelites, but it always, always means the dispersed Israelites and no one else. certainly doesn't mean Jews or non-Jews. <laughs> Absolutely. That's an invented definition. The were the vanguard of, of Aryans into Europe, for the, for the most part, that of, of Semitic Aryans, I mean, yeah. aside from the Japhethites. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. The identity of the Phoenicians puts the whole picture of early European settlement together. Yes, and uh, James just says we need to get back to some of that barbarian mentality. <laughs> but the fact is the barbarians were more civilized than the Romans by that time. The Romans that had developed into total decay. You know, the only reason why they call barbarians, the Greeks considered everybody a barbarian who did not speak Greek. Okay. But they wrote about the culture of Persia and how high it was. Yes. And, and the culture of other so-called barbarians. Yes. The word barbarous in Greek just means to mutter in a, in a foreign, unrecognizable tongue. Right, that's right. That's all it means, and that's yeah. why they call barbarians. It it's, doesn't mean that you're a, a caveman, right. a heathen. Conan, Conan the barbarian. <laughs> that's, right. That's what colors our picture of a barbarian, yes. <laughs> we, we could use a couple of million Conans. There right you go. Now, there you go. <laughs> He hung out with that Negro woman, and yeah, right. that's not good to us. Yeah, that messed up his life. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bill Fink, I think we've covered the subject very well today. Uh, uh, as I understand, uh, the audio finally did turn on. It, it took quite a while, but it shouldn't affect the archives. Uh, give us your um, contact information website one more time. I'll do likewise, and we'll sign off for today. Well, I can be reached. My website is my website is christogenia dot org, c h r i s t, o g e n e a, and there's a contact page on my website that I can be reached several ways on. Yes. And and I highly recommend the paper in 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 the historical essay section of the papers on my website. There's a classical and biblical records identifying the Phoenicians. Mm-hmm. And okay. I highly recommend that. It has all my citations from Josephus, from the Septuagint, and, and from various other histories in there. Yeah. And Greek I would history. recommend that to anybody who wants to really understand who the yes. Phoenicians are and why it's important to recognize who they are. Yes, yes. Ex- excellent, excellent. Okay. And uh, do you want to give us your email address, too? Well, there's an info no. at Crystal oh. Guinea. It's on my website. It's on the website. Okay. So people should just go to the website. Okay. And then, uh, folks, my email address is eli-james at sbcglobal.net. My website is www.anglo-saxonisrael.com. And I just want to point out that we do have a slideshow about the uh, migrations of the 12 tribes of Israel and how the Israelites became known as the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian people who lost their identity because of the split up into two houses and have been prophesied to regain their identity in the end times, which we are doing now. The Jews never lost their identity. They have always claimed to be Israel, and it's always been a lie. Okay, folks? So on that note, I want to 
uh, conclude today's show. Thank you, Bill Fink. This has been a very instructive and enlightening uh, you know, history lesson and a lesson in Bible scholarship. Uh, I think everybody listening appreciated it very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Yahweh bless everybody. And uh, I definitely have to call uh, Takshu and get this straightened out because it's becoming a regular thing that uh, my shows are being uh, slimed <laughs> by somebody in, in cyberspace who does not want our broadcast to be delivered to the world. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Wednesday off this week to get that done, and hopefully these interruptions won't be occurring on our streaming and uh, and the chat room interruptions as well. So thank you all very much for being part of the show today. Uh, thank you for your patience. Yahweh bless everybody. <laughs>